I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what is good in the news. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there, my friend, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to week 30 of the Best News Podcast. How is your week going? Oh, pretty great. How about you? Pretty good. You said you're trying to set up an Airbnb situation? Oh, yeah. That's kind of been the drag. I've been, uh, so we have a show coming up in Seattle that I'm really excited to do. And that's a little bit of yeah. a further drive. That's a little bit of a farther drive for me because I'm uh, <laughs> the English professor <laughs> coming out <laughs> between further and farther. I also stop myself between fewer and less, and everyone's eyes are rolling. But anyway, so I figured because it's a, uh, a longer drive up, yeah. I would just hang out for a little bit and work on this deadline that I have coming up. Ah. And I am having the hardest time finding an Airbnb in my price range that doesn't involve decor that uses live, laugh, love. Like, and I know if I tried <laughs> to write in a place that told me to live, laugh, love on a pillow or on a wall piece or whatever, I hate that, A, it's just not my style at all. And B, if I wrote something and then I published it and then I would have to like go on book tour and read it, all I would think about is that it would haunt me like the telltale heart. And maybe I think <laughs> my writing would even suffer. So I'm talking myself out of this. And then I had to widen the price range of the Airbnbs thinking maybe if I was just being too cheap. But then it turns out for every $50 you add to the price range, there's at least one more live, laugh, love decor. <laughs> so the live, laugh, loveification <laughs> of the Airbnb was actually not related to price point. It's just kind of somebody sort of there's been a group think around it where folks have decided this is how we're going to make this feel charming and inviting. And how about like any vacation rental that is within five miles of the beach is obsessed with directing you towards the beach with in the arrow. signage. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere you look, it's like an old wood thing that's like, beach, this way. <laughs> like with the- Or like, life's better at the beach. I, I see that yeah. a lot. Now, conversely, I love when the Airbnbs are named cheesily, like the seacation or, you know, life's a beach. You know, I like I like that in terms of cheesiness, but I just don't I just don't like it when furniture or decor commands me to do something. 
Well, and particularly when you're trying to be in a creative state like you are. You're not just going there to lounge around, yeah. but you're actually trying to generate you know, creative content, which part of that is what you're taking in with your eyes. And if everywhere you're looking, it's wine o'clock somewhere. <laughs> and it's like enforcing, enforced merriment on you. That's like not going to be good for your creative process. No, don't tell me what to do. Also, I know this is the best news, so I don't mean to, I don't want to go negative on the best news, but I do feel like there is a reckoning with the Airbnb system that is starting to happen. I'm watching it percolate out there online and in my own lived experience, Elena, mm-hmm. which is either we're going to pay a $100 cleaning fee or we're going to fill the dishwasher. Right. Can we do, can we, I'm, you know, I, I'll happily uh, strip the beds and fill the dishwasher if I could save $100. Or I'll pay $100. But that, I feel like people are just starting to figure out that that seems like a bad deal for the customer. Now I want to charge $100 every time I strip my own beds or take out my own garbage at home. (laughs) Talk to David about that. All right, let's talk about what's good out there in the wider world. What is the best news that you saw this week, Elena? Okay, so the next time I book a waterfront Airbnb, I hope it's next mm-hmm. to the subject <laughs> of this story. Okay. He's a 64-year-old dude named Kerry Holat, and he lives off, or he lives or vacations at least somewhere near Lake Michigan. So Michigan, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, somewhere in there. And he has very quietly spent three years building a suit made entirely out of wine corks. (laughs) He didn't tell anybody because he was afraid that he wasn't going to finish it, it wasn't going to work, and he really wanted to wow his friends and family at their next Lake Michigan beach vacation. And (laughs) Because I don't know if you've ever been to Lake Michigan, but it's gorgeous, and there's beautiful sandy beaches, and you can really have a great time. And a video from TikTok just emerged of, I guess, their most recent summer stint at Lake Michigan. Uh, it was taken by Carrie's stepdaughter, Haley, who's 28. And therefore, because she's under the age of 30, she knows how TikTok works. And she posted this thing to TikTok. And it's this very enthusiastic man stepping into this thing that looks like kind of like an old-timey bathing suit that men, like strong men would wear, you know? So it's got kind of like a like a sleeveless top, but all made of corks. And then these kinds of- I think I'm looking at this guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's, he's wonderful. So it turns out that he he did this during the pandemic, which might be the reason why he was able to amass 1,100 wine corks. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all increased our drinking during the pandemic. Yeah, we all have a corks suit worth of uh, wine corks. And he drilled- uh, something like 3,000 holes in these 1,100 wine corks and then arranged them into this really interesting pattern. And then he took it to the beach and all of his friends and family who were there got to try it on. And it worked super well. It reminded me of like back when David Letterman used to like duct tape himself to walls and things. Uh-huh. Like it just looks like this kind of why do this experiment that then ends up making you feel like it's the best thing that you've seen in a long time. Now, is he the same guy? Because I just was furiously Googling this while you were describing it. So I'm looking at a guy in a wine cork suit on TikTok who's floating. Is he the guy that has kind of like a little, like almost like a pillow behind his neck? That's so smart. Yeah. So, okay. This was, I wanted to get, so I understand the old timey shorts that you step into and then it's attached by the kind of shoulder straps, but you're right. There's this kind of, it's like a pillowcase sized 
cape at the back that's also made out of the corks. I don't understand. It's for flotation because your head, think about it. If you're in the water and your body is floating from the corks, but there's nothing supporting your head, is your head going to be like a baby. Like your head's just going to go back in the water. Oh, that's right. So clearly <laughs> he thought this through. So that collar is to keep his head also floating. It's a pretty genius bit of construction. I did a little bit of Googling around and I do believe that this gentleman has uh, a professional life that involves industrial drafting and like uh. architectural design, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I'm not sure. But you know mm. that the real kind of gem of this story is the the relationship between Carrie and his 28-year-old stepdaughter who was just so thrilled uh, when she posted the video to TikTok and rather than being disparaged, three million viewers left like like 500,000 positive comments and likes. She says, everyone has been hyping up my stepdad, which I absolutely <laughs> love to see. He is one of the most humble, creative, and interesting people I know. Aw, that whole step-parent situation can be a little fraught, you know, can be a little complicated. So to see that they clearly have a really good relationship and are rooting for each other. I feel a little bit sensitive around this topic because you're saying that these were wine corks that he generated during the pandemic. You could actually probably outfit the entire U.S. Coast Guard with the number of quirks that were in my house after the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> it's not one guy; it's like a fleet. It's like a mega yacht, and you could like the yeah. cast of Below Deck could work on the wine quirks. Do you that watch I... that, by the way? Have you gotten dragged into the world of Below Deck? It is my only non-drag queen reality show. I've never <laughs> seen Kardashians. I don't watch Real Housewives. I don't like Bachelor. None of them have ever stuck with me. But the Below Deck, I just started this summer watching it on airplanes. I am obsessed. Now, for folks who don't know, this is a uh, reality show about these very fancy mega yachts that have a staff, of course, that works on them. And so it's kind of part of the show is the all it's real upstairs, downstairs, right? It's the workings of the, the, the people who are just trying to actually like make the food and serve and do all that and their relationships they get into and all that. And then also the people who are on the cruise, the, the rich people, it's kind of following how their experience is. And you know what? A lot of times people get thrown overboard. Like it's one of the major drama events of every season is like, when's there going to be some kind of storm or crew disaster where somebody has to go overboard this cork suit could be a part of Below Deck 74 or whatever the next season <laughs> is going to be. <laughs> well, I mean, what I can't believe about that show is because the premise is almost always, almost always, the rich people on the boat are terrible and their demands are ridiculous and they're unlikable. And like they're in like season 10 of this. The people going on have seen the previous seasons. The people going on the boat as the rich people. You would think somebody would go, why don't we rent a boat where they're not filming us and making us look bad while we're out here with our... Uh, to quote John Lennon in Strawberry Fields, nothing is real. Like, I don't think any of this has any... I don't believe mega yachts exist. I don't believe... Like, I think the whole thing is just straight out of central casting. But you know what? I am here for it. And if it is scripted, I'd like them to script that cork suit into their next season. Do you believe in music festivals in Las Vegas, Elena? Because that's what I want to talk about with you this week. Yes, especially if they're Elvis-themed. This one isn't as far as I know, but it was called the When We Were Young Festival. And it's actually, it was happening this past weekend in Las Vegas. And now speaking of TikTok, because I pass most of my idle time now staring at 40 second videos of people in cork suits. I was looking at TikTok and all last week and all I was seeing on my TikTok feed were people who were devastated 
that they had flown from faraway places to Las Vegas to go to this When We Were Young festival, only to have the first day canceled because of high winds. Like an hour before the festival was supposed to start, they just said, sorry, festival not happening today because of the winds. People had spent like significant sums of money to come over from the UK. Now, I will mention this. Part of why I think that these fans were being so emo about it was because it is in fact emo music festival. <laughs> it was like uh, the uh, it was like um, Paramore and My Chemical Romance. Oh my. <laughs> and like All American Rejects and like a lot of these bands where there's a lot of like swooping your bangs over as you like really sing from the heart. <laughs> when you said when we were young, I thought it was like going to be like an oldies festival with like Chubby Checker, but no, it's just like 30-year-olds <laughs> who love emo. Yes. Yeah, okay. It's 30-year-olds who want to reminisce about the music they loved when they were 20-year-olds <laughs> with such bands as My Chemical Romance. So I'm just saying like, this wasn't the stoic music festival, okay? This is the emo music festival. So you know they're going to take it especially personally when it gets canceled. This is why this is not the worst news of the week, but actually the best news because... What happened was a lot of the bands, at least the ones that were like not Paramore or uh, My Chemical Romance, because that would have been like a, a fire hazard. Not the headliners. Yeah, not the headliners, but a lot of pretty big bands like the All American Rejects and some of the others immediately jumped into action and started lining up indoor spaces where they could play free shows so that these folks that had come all this way could at least still get to see them. And so they were all over Las Vegas. This like pop-up music festival happened in random bars and anywhere that was like covered and out of the wind and they could plug in their instruments. And so this really beautiful kind of cool thing happened. That's so cool. Right? Like, I mean, that's actually, that sounds more fun to me than a traditional music festival where you get your bracelet and yeah. just go like stand around in a field. It's like a crawl. Right? And then a lot of it seemed to end at a Katy Perry show because Katy Perry is doing a residency in Vegas. And so on this particular night, her half of her audience was what she was calling when we were young orphans. <laughs> and she's just like the whole show here. This is a little bit of Katy Perry shouting out to the orphans. But I just, I want to say one thing. I know that there are a lot of orphans in here tonight that weren't really expecting to be at the show tonight. You were expecting to be at a more punk rock show. But I just want to welcome you to a pop show. Yeah. Where we throw bows just as hard, but with a smile. I think she means throwing elbows. Yeah. Where we throw bows just as hard, but with a smile. And it's not just any pop show. I'm Katy Perry, and this is play. Now, later on, she brought a clearly very inebriated orphan up. A guy, I think his name was like Doug. It was hilarious because she was like, who here was on their way to, uh, you know, when we were young? And these guys that are like right out of central casting, like 32, floppy hair, bangs, but they're all wearing Katy Perry t-shirts. Like they just bought Katy Perry t-shirts at the show, but they look like they should be at the My Chemical Romance show, but they're at Katy Perry and they're so psyched and she was having them on stage and it ended up just being this really fun night for everybody. I think that was a pretty cool outcome for something that would have been a pretty tremendous bummer if you went all that way just to see the thing canceled. I love that so much. I also really love that 10, 15 years after that style uh, and those people had graduated high school, those folks were still rocking that haircut. <laughs> oh, 100, Elena. Like I'm telling you, I made the mistake of like letting my TikTok feed like play one of these videos. 
a little too long of somebody in their hotel room just crying because like the show was canceled. <laughs> and then TikTok was like, oh, this is what this guy wants to see. So it was just like one after another. And it mean really like from a fashion standpoint, blink and you would have absolutely thought it was, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, we got to wrap things up. But one other thing that I thought was kind of funny, have you heard, you know, Blink, speaking of like kind of power punk, pop punk bands, you know, Blink-182 mm-hmm. is going back out on the road. Oh. And it's so popular as an idea that there, it's everything is totally sold out. And basically the tickets, some of these tickets are in the thousands of dollars mm. to see Blink-182. So there's another band from that era uh, named Eve Six. Oh, Yeah. I would swallow on my pride. I would choke on the line, but the lack thereof. What's up with But I want to put my tender hard in a blender. Watch That's the one. <laughs> and Eve Six wrote a tweet that said, we have made tremendous personal sacrifices to keep our ticket prices low. Like, for instance, making music that people won't pay a high ticket price for. Which now means I have to go see Eve Six just because of that tweet. I'm there. I'm there. That's I'm like forever an Eve Six fan. So good. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah. We'll wedge it in on next week's episode of the show. Uh, by the way, this week on the radio show, we're going to be talking to the comedian Ginny Hogan about how she went from working as a data scientist at a mayonnaise company to writing her latest book, I'm More Dateable Than a Plate of Refried Beans. It's a hilarious exploration of the ups and downs of modern romance. Vulture named it one of the top comedy books of the year. We're also going to hear from Oregon's poet laureate, Anis Mojgani. I am such a fan of his work. I get a little, speaking of emo, I get a little emo when he's up there doing poetry. (laughs) Um, uh, So I'm really excited for everybody to get to hear his work on the show this week. And then we've got music from Jimmy Harad, who uh, plays with Pink Martini and also has been making quite the name for himself by having a great run on a recent season of America's Got Talent. So that is all coming out this Friday in this feed and on a public radio station near you over the weekend. Okay, thank you so much to our team who makes this show possible. Laura Hadd is our executive producer. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. And our production fellow is Tunvi Kumar. Molly Pettit is our technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by A. Walker Spring. And thanks, of course, to all of you, our listeners. We're going to be back here next week with another episode of the show. In the meantime, why don't you go ahead and head on out there and have the absolute best week. Wouldn't it be amazing to have a piping hot episode of Livewire delivered right to your heart and ears each week? Well, guess what? That can happen when you subscribe to the Livewire podcast feed and you'll get the joy of surprising conversation every week. So go ahead and do it. It's super easy. You click on the button at the top of your podcast app and bam, you are Livewire subscribed. And if you're still, you know, feeling the love, if you're enjoying the show, hey, maybe you could hook us up and uh, leave us a quick review. That'll help more people find out about Livewire. And thank you.